Welcome, everybody, to Papa Spice's Hot Takes with Hans and Harry. How is everybody out there in Internet land doing? We hope you are doing well. Uh, here we are, season finale for season two, boys. It's been a long and winding road, but uh, we are, as of this episode, completing our, our second year in. Uh, so I'm feeling pretty good. How, how are you guys feeling? Uh, Hans, how about you? At 52 episodes of talking to you guys. This is crazy. I just, yeah. I, you know, I, we've known each other for a long time and I feel like I, I've, I've actually like grown to know you guys more in your movie taste and like what I like. And it, it's really like weird because I always thought we lined up on things and it turns out we, we don't. So it just, it just took, took two years of us just talking about gibberish to, to find that out. But you know, here we are. We're, uh, upcoming on Christmas. So, uh, a lot of fun stuff towards the end of the year, but yeah, we're we're closing twenty twenty two out on a bang. So, a- absolutely, I uh, yeah, it's funny that you mentioned you know movie tastes. I feel kind of like we're a uh, almost like a triangle of sorts, <laughs> not the triangle of sadness, uh, but the triangle <laughs> of uh, of movie taste. We all kind of uh, we align in some aspects and connect, and then others, you know, we're we're across the way and and kind of farther apart uh Hera, how you doing buddy how you feeling about uh two years down yeah i mean i love it um i love talking to you guys i love uh talking to you guys outside of the pod um so chris mentioned how many episodes we've done but that doesn't include all the uh other side talks that we have uh almost every week uh in regards to stuff so uh, yeah, I'm excited for more. Um, I'm excited to to try new things. I'm excited to watch new things. Um, that's always my big thing. I'm not much of a rewatcher, um, so I'm excited to discover more content with you guys. Uh, hear me and Hanratty disagree uh, completely on something, and uh, yeah, just in, enjoy the ride. Mm. Um, you know what? I see you. Uh, and I Hans, see you. I, I see you. I see you. Jack Sully. <laughs> oh, I see you. Oh, I we am, all see each other. It's great. You know, <laughs> I am so happy that we have them now. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you guys haven't figured it out, we see each other because we're here to talk about Avatar: The Way of Water, uh, the long-awaited, well, awaited by most. Um, sequel to 2009's James Cameron epic avatar. Uh, so, um, man, I just, I guess we'll dive in. We'll just dive right in. There's, there's a lot, a lot to talk about with this movie. It was, uh, very ambitious. And I think, you know, there, there were a lot of mixed feelings about it coming out, um, so far down the line from the, uh, the first film in the franchise. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, just to to get a baseline, um, how were you guys feeling as far as um, the lead up to this? Like, were, 
I, I know, I think we've talked about it on the show before, but were, were you guys excited? Were you looking forward to it? Um, you know, hands, why don't you, uh, kick us I, off? I will, I will say we've, and, and we've, I know I've mentioned it as just joking around, especially with our top five list saying that we were, did it a little preemptively because Avatar didn't come out yet. And, and we were, you know, we would always throw as much as we could Avatar talk in there. Um, I, it honestly sitting in the theater was hard to believe that I'm watching Avatar like another Avatar movie because this thing was in production for I feel like ten years, uh, and it was just it was really kind of surreal to actually once I'm, I you know we were once we saw the trailer I'm like okay cool we're getting it like it's it's here and all the lead up and you know start, start they'd start doing press screenings and and interviews and and all that fun stuff and then we get to. You're sitting in the theater waiting, and of course, you know we're in a we're in a movie that gets delayed about like fifteen twenty minutes because there's a mini power outage. So I, you know, just antsy, you know, getting to that point. Um, I, Avatar is I I think I I'm probably on the record somewhere of saying that's this is it's probably one of my top ten favorite movies of all time. I, I love everything Avatar. Uh, I I was blown away. I think I saw it in the theater seven times like initially when it was first Ooh. released so I, I i went a lot uh at the time i didn't have to pay so it was fine i didn't really drop that much money uh i was i was all in uh ever since they announced it uh you know 13 years after the original it's a long like you said long awaited. it uh i was as patient as i could when they announced it and i and you know a couple days ago i saw it i you know i saw every bit of that three hour plus runtime movie and and you know, I, I I want it more. I I've always wanted more Avatar, and I'm glad that it, it it's just here and we're back back at Pandora and back to where, um, you know, it has Avatar has a a, a modern day presence. Um, Hair, I know you have made your feelings very explicitly clear to uh, <laughs> us and our our group of friends, but uh, I don't know if the listeners have caught on, um, but. You know, what were, how were you feeling? Were you excited for this? Yeah, I mean, I was definitely uh, excited uh, is probably like it was, it was getting to the point where I felt like people were underrating uh, the impact Avatar had and how like many people saw it and how it was like number, I think the number one movie in the world until uh, Endgame came. Um, and the movie to me, like, even though it gets trashed for its story, you know, visually it's incredible. I think the ride in Disney world uh, and experiencing that definitely helps um, because I think it's uh, an incredible ride and experience. Um, but I felt like, it, you know, it, a lot of people blast the story, but I was, I never thought the story was that bad. Um, so, you know, we get into the theater, you know, as handwriting mentioned, there was a delay. Greg, I ended up seeing it with you. Um, a second time because you didn't get a chance to join us for the opening night fun. And man, let me tell you, I mean, just to set, set it, I mean, we get the Oppenheimer trailer, uh, you know, Christopher Nolan, you know, as Greg turned to me and said, pump it into my veins. That's right. Um, uh, super excited for that. We get uh, a, a look into Dead Reckoning, the next Mission Impossible movie, and Tom Cruise just showing uh, showing us his crazy stunt, which I think just got posted on the internet for for all the people out there um, to check out. But um, yeah, I mean, it's um, 
I, I don't want to undersell my excitement because putting myself in there, I was ready to experience Avatar 2. I was ready to be taken away. I wasn't scared by the runtime. Um, I thought it looked incredible. My only concern was how are they going to tell this story? Um, I think the story is like 10 years later, um, even though it's been 13 years since the original came out. Um, but I was I was super excited to to get it and, and to see it. Um, but yeah, I you know general thoughts. It left me it left me a little cold. But I'll throw it back to you, Papa. Um, you tell me um, what well, what was your uh, what was your hype level? Because uh, we uh, ended up seeing a pretty late boy, uh, a little late show, uh, as we like to say. Yeah. Um, so I won't dive into my general thoughts yet, but as far as uh, you know, anticipation, um, I was definitely. I was I was definitely looking forward to it, but I guess the biggest question for me, and I think that question still kind of remains, but um, the question was, you know, am, am I kind of on an island to myself? Like, is the general public uh, anticipating this movie? Are they looking forward to it as well? Um, and I think that question is still kind of in the air because – you know, Cameron, like it, it has made a sizable amount of money already. Like that's not questioned, but uh, in order to recoup its finances, it needs to make like buku bucks. And that still has to be, uh, it remains to be proven. So I guess we'll see if that demand is there. I think, you know, the, the initial salvo of opening weekend is more, the diehards like us, the people that were excited for the movie and they had to go out and see it right away. Um, now the coming weeks and well, I guess the holiday season will bolster it too, but uh, the coming weeks will really prove if, um, if it has uh, the legs to stand with the general public. And if there is, you know, a, uh, an overwhelming demand by the majority to, to kind of jump back into Pandora or for people that haven't seen the first one, um, you know, to, to kind of take that plunge and, and see. Um, so yeah. And I, I was anticipating, but, um, but I'm very curious to see how it, it performs financially. Uh, so with all that so, said, I guess, you know, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. So do you think that like, apparently it had to make, Cameron said, yeah, it had to make $2 billion to be, mm -hmm. to break even. I don't think he was, I don't know if he actually meant that because I don't think in order for that to happen, Disney would have had to spend basically like $1.5 billion on just advertising or whoever was like, that's a lot of money. So I don't think, I think that number might've been a little too bold. Um, but with that being said, uh, you know, James Cameron movies don't open big. I don't even think the first open Avatar opened like to record breaking numbers. Um, I think it somewhere was under a hundred million. Um, but yeah, the, you know, the first one like made this, the first one made 77 million. And then yeah, over Christmas which, weekend, it made 75 million. And, right. uh, and, and that's continuously the thing about James made Cameron 50 is, million until uh, MLK weekend. Right. And that's the thing about James Cameron movie. It, like they have legs. He his his movies are notorious. I mean, he hasn't released one in thirteen years, but um, he he never really had a big opening weekend until you know Avatar. That, yeah, it became the highest grossing movie. It beat out its own with Titanic, 
um, because it was kept being the number one and nothing was going against it. So I think it's, I think it's going to have those legs. Um, I, I don't think it's going to hit $2 billion unless they re-release it a couple times, which they probably could because there's going to be a third one in a couple of years. And, and I think that, you know, they'll really re-release it at least two or three times. Um, $2 billion. That's a stretch, but I can see, I think this movie is going to be profitable either way because now you're looking at merchandise and all that, all that stuff. So I, I, I wouldn't, I, I, I think it's going to, I think it's going to carry legs like carry into at least February because I think the next, the next thing it has going against it is quantum mania. Um, but I, th- I don't think anything else comes out between now and then that would knock it off. Like maybe eventually it'll lose its number one spot, maybe late January, but that, that if it, if it follows Avatar's footsteps, then I, I I see it being I see it being fine. Um, but you know I, I any studio that throws that much money at a, at one person and says you need to make two billion dollars is <laughs> I, they're already insane. So yeah, so I guess you know kind of deconstructing that a little bit, and I I might be talking out of my butt here, but I think I read previously that when you have a movie, you take whatever its total budget is, and then uh, a third of that cost, add it on top of that total budget. And that third, that extra one third is just the marketing. So, you know, you're, you're putting that on, on top of the budget, which untold hundreds of thousands of dollars. I would not be shocked if it was like half a mil uh, given the, the, the span of production for this, you know, pre-production, and then actual production and then post. Um, and then the, yeah, the marketing and all of that stuff. So, and whatever kind of money that they put into developing, you know, either new technologies or whatever, because Cameron uh, likes to be on the, the bleeding edge with that stuff. So, I mean, yeah, I don't know when he says, you know, it's got to cross 2 billion or whatever the ridiculous number is like, I wouldn't be shocked if it does, if the number is up there, like maybe 1 billion. Uh, and then maybe after that, it's, that's when it starts turning a profit. But, uh, yeah. but it is either way. I mean, it's still ridiculous that it's like, Oh man, it, it has to, it has to make some serious bread to get there. <laughs> so. Yeah. And there's a lot of, num- a lot of numbers going around of what the actual budget on the film was, I guess, outside of marketing. Like I mm-hmm. saw, I saw 500, I saw like 470 million, like somewhere in, the, in those ballparks. So I know, like I think, I, I, as of I think it made five fifty, five hundred fifty million worldwide. As it was, I don't know what the number was as of today or over the weekend. So I mean, like, like Harris said, you got like going into the Christmas weekend. It's it's gonna. I think it's gonna have another big, another big open, like another big weekend. Um, but it, it's gonna be after the holiday if people really, you know, if that trend of of Cameron. Camera movies having legs if that continues with this, so we'll we'll see. Uh, I I hope it does. I, I really you know once we dive in a little into the details of the movie, um, I, I think this movie deserves every little bit of money it gets. So yeah, um, so you know diving into the movie itself, um, diving into that water. Yeah the uh, the first note or thing that popped up was just. Uh, how quick the first 20 or so minutes move. I mean, it is just like lightning quick. Uh, and hair before we saw it, you actually even warned me about that. Um, you said, you know, it's, 
it's just going to fly right by. And sure enough, it did. Um, <laughs> it's funny because, you know, I have one of my gripes with the movie overall is the length of it. But that said, the stuff that we skip over in the first 20 or so minutes, it's kind of like, like, I kind of wish we had a little more time with the Sully family or like learning a little more about what happened with the humans since the first movie ended. Like they, they show them building Bridgehead city in just like a montage kind of thing. And it's like, that seems like a pretty gargantuan effort, even with the technology that they have, but it all just kind of gets glossed over uh, very, very quickly. Um, But, you know, I guess, Ultimately, looking at the big picture, um, you know, I guess they were right not to not to dwell too much on that stuff and and get into the the meat and bones of the story. But it's um, it definitely it was it was a strange move. I'll say that because normally when you see when you when you walk into a movie and it's you know three hours long or whatever, ten, things tend to drag all around. And with this, it's like. They are on the move, buddy, uh, for for that first 20 minutes. Uh, some other thoughts I had. Um, I thought it was a great move bringing back uh, uh, Stephen Lang as uh, Quaritch, as the villain, um, in a new form. And, you know, they uh, they kind of get into the the details of that. I thought that was uh, well done and, and made sense. Uh, and we're introduced to a bunch of new characters, um, one of which being kind of the the human pet friend of a pet slash friend of uh, the Sully family uh, spider. Um, I thought spider was mostly a good character. Um, I I enjoyed seeing him and, and the, um, the angle that he brought with his relationships to the main characters. Uh, But there was one thing that kept popping up over and over as I watch this movie and it, and I know we're supposed to suspend our disbelief and everything, but uh, I just kept thinking, how is a human body able to keep up with the Navi uh, on Pandora? Like, yeah, he's got his mask on for breathing and stuff. And I get that, but like he is flinging himself around the trees, like doing the whole Tarzan shtick and keeping up with the Navi who are nine, feet tall and genetically evolved to live, you know, in, in the geography of Pandora and this kid's body is just hanging right there with him. And it's like, uh, I don't, he shouldn't be able to do those things, you know, like he shouldn't be able to keep up with people that are nine feet tall when, when they're running, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't, the math don't math, (laughs) Um, but (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. That's that's neither here nor there, I guess. It was just like a little pet peeve that I had. Um, one last thing, and then I'll toss it over to you guys, or actually a couple things. Um, there were some, some things with the story that just seemed thrown together. Um, you know, the, the unobtainium, which was the whole crux of the first movie, the reason um, for strife between the humans and the Na'vi, just forgotten about in this. It's like, Oh, we, we found a whole new MacGuffin that, you know, we, well, I don't even know if MacGuffin's the right term for it, but a whole new, uh, resource that, that we need to get after yeah. and unobtainium. Like we're not after that anymore. Now we're after this age goop, which 
by the way, seems vastly more important. So I don't know why that wouldn't have been brought up in the first one. Um, you know, I mentioned Bridgehead City. Did the humans build an artificial atmosphere for it? Because they're walking around with no breathing masks on. So I'm wondering what's going on with that. They didn't explain anything. It's just here we are, maskless. And humans moving to Pandora, which is, you know, I guess the ultimate goal here, um, because apparently Earth is dying and the human race is, you know, they need to find a new home to deplete and all that stuff. Humans moving to Pandora seems like a terrible idea. Um, it's not an atmosphere that we can breathe on, so it's not that similar to Earth. Dangerous environment. Uh, Quaritch even says so in the first movie, and, and actually I think they mention it again here. Um, it just seems like it's a poor choice. Like this is the only <laughs> place that we could find that is millions of light years away and all this stuff. And we're going to have to make a mass exodus. So I don't know. Those are just some elements that were kind of introduced to this story that left me scratching my head. It's like, there's not better explanations for any of this stuff. We just kind of, this is what we came up with and we have to accept it. I don't know. And you know, maybe for, a movie that hadn't been gestating as long as this, I could kind of oversee it, but it's like, dude, you had all your time to do your homework and this is what you're presenting me. Like there's some gaps here. So I don't know that, uh, those are my initial thoughts of, uh, you know, some of the story and characters. Um, let me toss it over to you guys, Harry, how about you? What are your thoughts on that stuff or, or any other initial thoughts you might have? You said me or you said hands? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry, Harry. You? <laughs> no, it's okay. I was, I was, I was reading, deep in uh, thought. We're up to yeah. a great. We're off to a great start for season three. Uh, when yeah, <laughs> listen, listen. Um, so yeah, so I, I do, I do hear your points. Some of your points, Greg. Um, I think, I think the Quaritch. Uh, you know, just coming back to that really quick. I think Stephen Lang works as a great villain. Um. And I, it makes sense the way they bring him back. Like I didn't, I felt like that was like the most detail we got out of some of your complaints, at least explained to us as to like how they did this. And it's like, okay, you know, that makes yeah, sense. Let's put, let's put soldiers who have experience here um, back into it. Um, so that way, like, you know, we don't have to train new soldiers. Um, you know, you mentioned how long they had to write the story. And I think that's the huge crux for me. That's like a problem of just like, you had so much time to like write all these scripts and, you know, you kind of just come up together with this. Um, you know, I, I think the unobtainium, I mean, we do this a lot with the Marvel movies where all of a sudden there's a new thing they have to go after, um, you know, besides Thanos is, you know, um, I guess gems for lack of a better word, uh, you know, for the infinity stones, come on. Yeah. But like, I'm just, you know, for anybody who doesn't follow Marvel. Um, but if, you know, you will listen to us, I assume you're, you're hip to the Marvel game. Um, <laughs> so like, so besides that, there's always been something where it's like, you know, just take quantum mania. It's like, Oh, we're going to the quantum realm, Dr. Strange. Oh, the book of the damned. Um, you know, even in the, the black Panther movie, it's, you know, um, what, wow, why, why can't I think of the, the vibranium vibranium? Yeah. So it's just like they, they're using something else. You mentioned the, the age group, um, as you, so, uh, 
you know, artfully put it. I think that's probably them just discovering more areas of Pandora. Like that kind of seems a little bit explainable to me where it's like, Hey, maybe we didn't have this before. And now this is our kind of meal ticket as we discover more things. The bridgehead city thing. I, I do agree with you. I, I, I wasn't sure if there were like inside or outside because the sun was like showing as they were walking, but you know, are there, are, were there windows? It didn't really make sense to me. And I think in the first movie, I you know, if I remember correctly, I think they do explain why Pandora was chosen, or maybe I'm just making this up, but it um I think it's like the best option that they had, like as far as places to travel to and it's the most, you know, relatable. Um I think Jake talks about that in the first movie, uh, in like his opening monologue, but I could be wrong. Um about that. But yeah, I mean, you know, I, as you mentioned, I, you know, the, the movie really opens a lot like the first one, um, you know, especially with like, you know, uh, Jake or Sam Worthington talking over and just kind of explaining things to us. There's a lot of things that I feel like are kind of, you know, like you mentioned thrown out there where it's like, Hey, there's this spider kid and it might be Quaritch's kid. And we're just kind of, kind of leave it at that. And, you know, here's this girl, Kiri, uh, you know, who was born and we don't really know how, um, you know, and so there's, there's a couple things where it's just, it, it doesn't dive deep enough into that for me in the beginning. I wish I would have gotten more about the Sullies and I get that, you know, but like, we're, we're, we're talking about a three hour and 20 movie here, three hour and 20 minute movie here. And we spend more time watching, Quaritch like learn how to be part of the Navi than we do like actually like having any conversations with um you know uh Jake and his family about like you know how he came to be and like it kind of just yada yadas it um to quote Seinfeld with like we kind of just leave Jake's story you know Natiri seems to have a problem with Spider but it's like but you married Jake who like was a human before so, like, I understand maybe still having issues with that, you know, in your biology or, you know, whatever it is, you know, about the way you were raised. But it's just I wanted more about the family to feel more invested. And it, I think it does a good job in the after the first hour. But, you know, those were kind of, you know, some of the some of the issues I had. And, and, and again, just jumping back to the quarge part, like how many soldiers did this? Like they, they referenced like three or four of them. And all I remember is the bald headed guy. Um, and it's like, they're like Z dog and whoever else. And I'm like, I don't really remember you. And I get, there's going to be other soldiers, but it just felt a little bit kind of um, thrown together there. I don't know what you guys' so thoughts were. So, and I'll just, and just jump on, bounce a little bit off of what you guys do. Like with the new character, like the one thing I had in terms of like the plot point with the unobtainium and, and the age group, like I, and Harry, you kind of had said this, like you, you, they were looking at the possible resources that Pandora has over earth. Uh, I think they mentioned a couple of times earth is pretty basically just not destroyed, but dying. Um, my, my initial thought was I, I, and Tim, our, our buddy Tim had said this in, in, um, when we came out, he said it kind of, this movie, like the beginning kind of felt like a soft reboot of Avatar, yeah. of the first Avatar. And, and I, I do agree with him because it does seem like they give you a quick refresher, 
but a lot of stuff from the first one wasn't necessarily like carried over. They don't even mention I don't I think the word unobtainium. I don't think no. I think there's a lot of things from the first like they don't really they don't really touch on. And we even get like we even get a, a scene of Quaritch um getting his own banshee, which is similar to Jake getting his own from the first one. Um almost almost identical scene. Uh and I and it definitely was a, a soft a soft reboot to kind of catch us up and give us a whole new story with, with like with the Sullies. Um, so I'll 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 kind of ignore that part of it uh, in terms of like MacGuffins and and you know once we get really, I have a little bit to say about the age group in a little bit. Um, <laughs> the new characters, I love them. I, I Spider, I did not like at first, and I kind of thought he was going to be just like an annoying character and just a, more of a side, like more of a a, a, a sidekick. I guess, which he was for the most part, but he wasn't, he, he kind of came into his own. And, and as he went, when he joined up with the Marines, I, I, he grew on me because he, he knew what he was doing was wrong. He knew what they were doing was wrong. And he, he was very sympathetic for the Navi. So I, I, I think they wrote his character really well. And I see a lot of people online who are like, Oh no, no he was the worst character in the, in the movie. I'm like, not, not they're, really. They're I, accurate. I, spider, spider sucks. Are you serious? You don't like him? Yeah. Spider absolutely sucks. Are you being facetious? I can't tell. No, he sucks. We'll we'll get (laughs) into it. We'll get into it later when we get farther along the story. But But, yeah, as we dig a little bit longer. Okay. Um, he needs to put a shirt on at least some point during this movie. Like this whole movie, he was, uh, he was, he looked like Tarzan for literally every scene he was in. He didn't wear monkey boy. He legit, like, if they, if they did, which I think they said they're going to do a live action Disney's Tarzan, they could totally cast him. Like, he's spot on for that. He played the role. He he was Mm -hmm. that. Uh, And also, well, I know we're probably going to talk about the CGI uh, a lot in a little bit, but just with his character, the way he was shown with and interacting with the Navi, who are all CGI, it was almost flawless. And it just, I, I, I thought it was so well done. Where he just, he probably had to like film most of his like shots in like in front of a green screen by himself, and maybe with some people with like the motion capture. But it just, I think it like it was, you know, him and his his little whatever thong thing. Loincloth. That's what I was thinking. It blended like Not so well with everything. I thought it looked, yeah, it looked really well. Um, his relationship. Well, hold on. So, so just to touch on that real quick, I literally right before we started the show, I watched like a four minute making of clip. I mean, all yes, they were doing this up against you know green and blue screen and stuff like that, but like all the actors were there doing their own mocap. So he okay. was interacting with people and acting against people. It wasn't okay. like yeah. it was just a tennis ball. Okay, gotcha. All right, thank you. Um. Well, either way, in the finished product, uh, it took 13 years to complete. Uh, it looked perfect. Um, his relationship to Quaritch, I thought, was weird. Uh, Quaritch doesn't seem like the type from the first one to really care about relationships and, you know, uh, having a wife or a girlfriend or, like, a one-night thing. He kind of seemed like he had, a, like, a one-track mind, which was just kill Navi and, like, take over this land. I don't ever see him taking a break one night and be like, hey, you know what? Let's go. Um, so I thought that was weird. Um, I thought he would have made more sense to be Giovanni Rabisi's son. Um, 
but hey, I didn't write the script. Uh, Cameron thought it made more sense, which come towards the end of the movie, I guess it, it does. Um, but it, uh, yeah, how they brought Kowarch back to on that note, I loved it. It was interesting. I knew he was. I knew Stephen Lang was in the movie, but I thought it would be more flashback or something. To him being an active character uh, as a Navi, uh, I thought was neat, and him, you know, joining up with the uh, and learning their ways was was interesting, and you know, trying to learn the language and the Banshees, and uh, I, you know, I'll, I'll have more on that once we circle around towards the end. But I mean, my initial thoughts were. They're, you were right. They threw a lot at you in that first, at least until they leave the forest. There's a lot going on. Um, I think, and one of the funniest things is when they take the, that the family picture to let you know how big the Sully family is. Um, I read a story where someone put it on Twitter where they said their IMAX broke, and it was frozen on that scene of just the Sullys fantastic. creepily <laughs> looking at them. Until they learned to fit, they, they they fixed it. They said it was like twenty five minutes of just the family just staring at them, and they said they couldn't turn it off. Like people were going out and like telling them to turn off the camera because it was like creeping them out. But that was like the Lifeless one shot eyes. it froze that. Dolls Listen, eyes. we we've yeah. all been a part of a bad family portrait where Dude, you know, is, somebody's not looking correctly. Or... Um. So I thought Fair. that was funny. Um. But. You know, I, 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 it, it is, it does definitely take a turn from the first one to give Sully a little more, I, I, you know, more being part of a Navi and having a family. So I'm glad they did that. Um, you know, the, the real meat of the movie doesn't really start until they leave. Um, but yeah, I thought they, they did throw a lot at you. I think when they brought Quarch back was quick. They didn't even try and hide it. He was just back and they're like, yep. Here and there's also Sigourney Weaver, Giovanni Ribisi, and a couple other people from the first movie you might have seen. Uh, you might see him again for another couple minutes later. So, uh, mm-hmm. so yeah. But I, I think the actual like that was a nice like <laughs> I don't know if I necessarily call it a prologue, but that was a nice 45 minute prologue to uh, <laughs> to new Avatar exposition dump. <laughs> that was just like yeah. Here's a, they didn't even do a title card. <laughs> It was just all. Yeah, it was just, yeah. they were like, "Yeah, we don't need this. We have a, a forty-five Back in Pandora. minute." Yeah, we're gonna. They're gonna be in the forest for forty-five minutes. So you know, let's just give a quick recap. Um. So you had mentioned the Sully family, and uh, I actually, I really kind of enjoyed their dynamic with within that group. I mean, it. I. I even though we don't get a ton of backgrounds initially where it's just like fast forward, everybody's here. Like here's our kids, blah, blah, blah. Um, They do build off that throughout the course of the movie. And I feel like, you know, we really get that feeling that, you know, they are a a close tight knit group and, you know, they even have, uh, they're saying, what is it like Sully stick together or something like that. They stole um, it from the Mighty Ducks. They watched a copy from Earth, <laughs> and they said, ducks yes. fly together. Uh, in fact, they even do the Flying V later on. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, but yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed that, uh, seeing the bond between uh, all of the, the different members. And, um, you know, it, I think it seeing how Jake adapts to the role of a father, I I felt like that was a natural extension for his character. He's kind of like the, you know, he, 
he's kind of the stern father, but at the same time, um, you know, he, uh, he can, he can have a little fun with them on occasion, but, uh, but you know, his, his primary, uh, life, you know, prior to becoming an avatar or, or becoming a Navi was, you know, in the military. And so that's what he knows. And he kind of raises his little family unit, um, as a, a squad, but, uh, not, not quite as harsh as somebody like Quaritch would. Um, I love Nateri. Uh, I loved her in the first one, love her in this one. I feel like maybe her role was a little light in this one. Just slightly, Very, just slightly. I thought it was sidelined a lot. Um, once, oh, really? first. once yeah. they get to the sea, not the coastal Navi, I, I feel like she didn't have much to do. Uh, mm-hmm. So I like I agree with that. She doubt, like in the far in the first forty five minutes, I feel like she had a, a much bigger presence. But the first act and the third act are where she's in it. She really has a lot to do. But once they get to that the um to the sea navi, uh, that's where she doesn't do anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I would agree with that, but also that's just the way. That- I mean, the focus I, then becomes on building a rapport with the kids. Right, know? and I have no problem with that, but I I just agree where you say, like, she was kind of sidelined a little bit. Like, she, mm-hmm. her character was, because she was probably the, the second mate, the second most important character in in the first movie, and right. she, there is a good chunk of this movie where I, I she's not even in it, um, or doesn't, she just shows up and her and Jake fight, and then they go away, yeah, and Jake sweet talks her. I felt like besides her fighting and having conversations with Jake about their kids, I don't feel like she had anything to do um, or was given anything extra. So So that's, that's a fair point. Uh, Kiri uh, Sigourney Weaver's character and, and one of um, uh, Jake and Natiri's children, although not biologically, um, very interesting. I could kind of, you know, see where it was going with her pretty much right away. And that's, um, yeah, it's kind of a running theme that happens in the movie with some of the quote unquote surprises. But, uh, but I gotta say the, the immaculate conception concept, uh, or trope, I guess I just like, I don't know. It, it didn't feel, um, necessary i guess i don't know i just i'm i'm over that that trope and it's like here we are just throwing it in into this uh what um, were you gonna I, say hans i'm sorry i have a quick question like so mm-hmm. i and, and harry you might and, and maybe you paid attention to the dialogue was it confirmed and i know you saw it twice so i don't know if you caught it like the second time was it confirmed like it was like i guess like you put it like an immaculate conception or was or because i know they talked about who her father could be but i don't know if anywhere in the movie if i missed it where they said that she was she doesn't have a father yeah in the beginning jake talks about how it's a mystery to them and then i think the kids who don't really presumably know any better assume that there must be a father (laughs) gotcha Um, okay but i I remember when reese's avatar just became pregnant out of out of the blue. Yeah, that's unintended. that's the way I got it because we don't yeah. know. I guess I guess there's a possibility she was pregnant before she died, but like the the what I got from both viewings was that like 
they had her, you know, they had her body or whatever. And then all of a sudden it just like started happening. Um, you know, okay. as, yeah. I remember and, Jake said that when he said like he was and like, he wasn't sure. Like they didn't know why. Yeah. Like how but, grace had the baby, but yeah. But, and I think too, with, with Kiri, how she's so connected to Awa, there is some kind of Messiah chosen one thing that it seems to be building without really saying it and kind of showing it you know, with, with her connection with all of the sea life and even before when she falls asleep in the grass. And um, I guess it's Awa who like similar to when Jake, you know, has um, when Natiri sees before she tries to kill Jake, the, you know, little Awa. I don't, I don't even know what to call those creatures that like little come out spirit, of the little butterflies. Yeah, little yeah. spirits. Yeah. And they, they, they jellyfish. jellyfish. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. there was that scene too. And then, you know, later on when she has the, you know, seizure underwater, you know, while she's trying to maybe discover, you know, how she came to be or, or whatever, um, a glitch in the matrix, um, as you, as you might say. Um, so yeah, so there's definitely some, it, it seems to be leaning more towards that as opposed to, you know, there's some father out there. Now they, they, they could go full star Wars and, uh, you know, just, you know, create a father at some point for, for certain characters, but you know, we'll, we'll see. Well, yeah. I mean, I look the way that I'm, I'm reading it and I would be shocked if they don't go this route, but like at the end of the first one, they tried to transfer grace into her avatar, right? Didn't yeah. work, uh, not the way it worked with Jake. I'm guessing Awa said, well, I'm not going to put her as she is into the Avatar, but I yeah. will put the seed that, you know, whatever makes her Avatar pregnant. And and then that then becomes uh, Kiri. So, yeah, I think I don't that's know. a good that's, reading. That's, yeah, that's that's the way I'm taking it. And again, I'd be shocked if they go a different route. Um, talking Show us about the trailer the for Avatar three. Let's let's get this settled. Tell us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, talk, talking about the performance for uh, for Kiri uh, by Sigourney Weaver. Now, you guys know I am a huge Sigourney Weaver fan. We did our top five actresses. I nominated her. Um, I gotta admit. And I know she was self-conscious about this because she she said as much in interviews, but I don't think it was the right choice having her play Kiri because even even though she's a, a great and a talented actress, there are some things that you can't mask. And she, while she is a great actress, it is different a different skill set being a great voice actress, and that she is not. And uh, I don't feel like she was able to mask the age in her voice. Um, and you know, maybe that's just because I know Sigourney Weaver. I not personally, obviously, but, uh, you know, I know of her, I know who she is. So weaves as yes, as, as I hear Kiri, I just automatically envision Sigourney Weaver. And, um, but, but I don't know. I, you, you kind of hear the years in her voice and, Whereas the other kids sounded like kids or teenagers, she sounded like a full grown adult, you know, even like she was taking it back and trying to give a more youthful performance to her credit, but I don't feel that she pulled it off. So I don't know. I mean, I, I know that they wanted to have that connection with, with Kiri and Grace or seemingly anyway, based off of what we just talked about, but, uh, I, I kind of think they should have went with a different actress for that role. 
Sigourney Weaver has a deep, a deep voice. Not not like a very deep, but a very deep, identifiable voice. And you're right. And I didn't even real. And I didn't even, like. I went in with little kind of knowledge of who was playing who, and I didn't even. I knew she was in and playing one of like a younger, a younger Navi, but I didn't really necessarily know it was Kiri. Maybe a couple sentences as she started talking, I'm like, it's Sigourney Weaver. She sound like so her voice started event like to the point once you recognize who it is, it didn't sound like a Navi. It sounded like Sigourney Weaver doing an impression of a Navi. And that's that's where I, I, I it, it seemed more it, it was a little out of place in certain scenes. Now she did disguise it to make it seem like younger in certain points, but I, I feel like for the most part she as like I don't know, she's like Ten or, or maybe twelve or thirteen—I don't know. Um, she did it, it. The voice was off because that that threw me off towards the end when she—I think she was talking to Spider or something—and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, she just seems like she sounds like older than Jake, like almost in certain points. Um, so I, I agree, it was a little out of place. They could have got someone else to do her voice to do Kiri's voice, but. Again, you probably said like, yeah, you probably want to keep Sigourney involved in this as much as possible. Um, so, like um. to to her credit, I will say like when she spoke as Kiri in this movie, it reminded me of a younger Sigourney Weaver. Like I'm thinking like Dana Barrett in Ghostbusters, like that era Sigourney Weaver. That's what her voice sounded like, but she was still an adult in her 20s at that point. You know, uh, it, she wasn't. Um, a, a 15 or 12 year old girl. So, right. <laughs> and there are, there are some actresses, uh, voice actresses that can do that. They do it professionally, but again, that's not her skill set. And uh, I don't know. It just stood out. Uh, Hera, what about you? Did you think she pulled it off or was it right to cast her in that role? Well, I mean, I, I did have uh, my wife turn to me after her and I said, yes, yeah, Sigourney Weaver. And she said, who? And I said, Sigourney Weaver played Kiri. And she said, she did. And I said, yeah, she did. Um, she said, no, she didn't. And I said, yeah, she did. Um, so just to kind of, you know, put the, uh, put the, uh, regular, uh, movie watcher, uh, on there for it. So, um, you know, it didn't, it didn't bother me too much. I mean, listen, I'm all for, you know, let's get some, somebody new in there. Um, you know, or let's, let's, you know, I guess a more youthful voice, uh, you know, might've, might've been, more beneficial, but I didn't have uh, any problems with it. Like you guys had, um, I thought she, she did a pretty good job of, you know, seeming more or seeming different, especially when, you know, they have that scene together where they are talking to each other. I, I thought she did a good job of it. Um, but at the same time, I mean, you know, uh, Jimmy, probably Jimmy C trying to save some money, probably just hire some of his friends and as well, well-known actors and actresses. So, um, you know, I mean, Kate Winslet is in this movie too, and she was in a little movie called Titanic. So, um, little Andy you know, flick. When, you know, well, let's let's get uh, Leo in here. Let's get Arnold. You know, let's get the band back together. Um, and you know, let's let's just bring everybody back. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I didn't have as many qualms as you guys did with her voice. Um, I thought it was actually pretty well done, all things considered, what she was asked to do for the movie and. You know, um, I'm sorry she found it so challenging to do. So, um, mm. but hey, those are the roles you're cast for. So, be a part of the biggest movie yeah. ever. So, I'm sure the uh, dump truck of cash helped. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Give so me some points two, on the back end. 
<laughs> two uh, quick things, and then I'll pass it back to you guys. Um, you know, as we near uh, the the end of the first act, uh, and I guess beginning in, into the second act, we get the Sully family moving uh, from the forest uh, Matakaya to the Sea Navi, which uh, what, what, what did you say their name was? The Met- uh, Meta- oh man, Metakaya. Okay. Medic- I think Medicaia sounds about right. Medicaina. I, I don't know. Something in there. Folks, we're still learning our Navi. Uh, yeah. We're but, taking um, the, I, I picked up a course next week for uh, Navi 101 <laughs> at the uh, community yeah. college, so we'll see how that Six goes. Six credits. It's yeah. a good one. Um, yeah. I, actually, I, it's Medicaina, I think. Medicaina. Okay. Oh, so uh, – the the Metakaina, I loved their design. Um, it was very cool to see, rather than just having a different skin color of Navi, that they developed uh, tails that were thicker and had almost a uh, a flat paddle like on on them at the end. And the same thing with their forearms, uh, much bigger, um, almost kind of Popeye like uh, to help them with swimming. <laughs> so it was cool that they had those like evolutionary traits to differentiate themselves rather than just being kind of like a, a reskin of, you know, your typical Navi uh, really like that. They put some effort into that. And I, you know, I liked the, um, the cultural aspect and design of it too. Not, not just the way that the villages were set up where they were actually over the water and, and kind of all had their own pools to, to dive in within their huts or whatever, but also um, you could actually see, uh, kind of like Polynesian um, influences, real world Polynesian influences into the Metakaina uh, as they were prepping for battle. You know, they kind of did uh, hakas similar to, um, you know, uh, Maoris and, and uh, Polynesians and others. Uh, so uh, very cool. Uh, I liked that. Uh, one quick thing I didn't like was the whale cam. <laughs> we had our, Pandoran version of whales, uh, the I think they were called the Tolkum. Uh, yeah. and there were multiple times throughout the movie, especially with the uh, the one uh, in particular that that gets befriended. Um, Piacon. and what is it? Piacon. Piacon. Okay. Uh, there were several instances, many instances actually, where, uh, we get a, um, a camera shot, which I'm just going to call whale cam, um, from Piacon's point of view. And all it is literally is like a yellow filter. It's not even like a fisheye lens. They just do a yellow filter and that's him looking at, you know, the other Navi and it's like, did we really need this? Like, was this something that you thought was a great artistic decision? And hey, look, I'm not the master filmmaker. James Cameron is. But but it's a really questionable choice. It's just it seems like it's unnecessary. And it's not that different from a normal point of view cam so it's like why even bother like if you're gonna if you're gonna do a whale cam at least make it much more exotic make make some of the audio um different rather than straight talking and use a fisheye lens you know make it some 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 weird colors and some distorted uh audio and visual but like don't just 
give us a regular cam with a yellow filter over it. Um, thought it was really weird. And, you know, I get that these, these, uh, creatures, uh, the Tolkum are, are like sentient and supposedly have math figured out, which, Hey, good on them. Cause they, they beat me, but, uh, it's just, um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, you know, there's no putting a yellow camera from their perspective. Doesn't show me intelligence. It's just, it's a, it's Shit, just there yellow eyes. out in the ether. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I wasn't the hugest fan of that decision, but um, anyway, those are uh, some more uh, some more thoughts for me. Um, anything you guys wanted to touch base on, either in in that period that I covered, or anything else? Um, I will say I love the the Medicaina their design. Uh, I I agree with you on that. Um, I, I'm just gonna jump in and say it. So we we, we have talked and said this movie is a little long. Uh, they could chop some of this out. Not only like the, the thing I had the most problem with in this movie was probably the fish, story, the whale story with, um, with the youngest son. <clears throat> Dude, I have no problem with like exposition shots and especially like underwater. There's a lot of it in this with the whale and, and if I, I cannot say his, his son's name, I'm just going to say Steve. Um, <laughs> make something up. Um, what do you mean you can't say his name? Hold on, it's, Loak, it's Loak, 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 Loak. Yeah. Okay, yeah, there we go. All right, sorry, Loak, um, Loak. I mean, I think I got him mixed up with the older <laughs> brother who, like, I thought they were calling him Matthew at some point, and it's, it's just Nateo, Nateo, or that. Yeah, they were yeah. saying something where I'm like, what is that? So Loak, I'll tell you, like, again, a second watch, you really, you really pick it all up so well. All right. it's like it's so easy. Oh man, um, it's, it's pretty well, crazy. Loak, um, I I just thought I don't have a problem that that happened, but it got drawn on. It got it just drawn out so long, and it went on for so, like you didn't need forty minutes of him in the whale to to make that like you know the whale comes back in the, in the third act and you know turns the tide in, in the last fight. You didn't need to add all that build alert. up. Yeah, <laughs> big free Willy vibes. <laughs> Dude, I said the same thing. And that, like one at one point he jumps over like the boat or something. I'm like, this shot, like Cameron stole Perfect. this from Free Willy. Um, inspired, inspired but, by Free Willy. No, nah, my influences are Spielberg, Kurosawa, and Free Willy. I, I use some of my own Titanic and uh, Free Willy. Um, I just, I, I don't. I, I thought it went on a little too long. Like, I get it. You're building a relationship with with the with the Tolkien. I just, just I cut like twenty five minutes to a half hour out of it. That um, the fish eye thing, it didn't bother me until you actually mentioned it uh, on your notes. Uh, but you're right, it didn't. Like it just, it was yellow. It was just a, a yellow for someone who puts so much emphasis into their uh, how a movie looks. That was that was ugly. Um, not necessary. Uh, but. I just I do the whale story. When they introduced it, I was like, "All right, this is cool. Like, this is really neat." And then he kept going back, and and we get more underwater shots of them swimming together, and and it just like I thought they were gonna fall in love because the 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 coastal navi have like relationships with these whales, and I'm like, something's getting a little no no pun intended fishy with this kid and this whale, but um you know they're building a friendship. Uh, but then it got like, it got to the point where I'm like, 
like now this now this whale has a backstory that and like he's like an outcast and it just uh, like at this point I'm already like two hours into this movie. I'm like I don't need to introduce more characters in their backstory, and I don't need to see this kid swim with a whale for five ten minutes to understand like what's going on. I had a bomb. I just thought it went a little too long. So I, I want to bring up um, something real quick that I actually just thought of as as you were saying this, and um, I guess well, so why like they they all right? The the first thing that I'll say I think is that. I originally thought the story with the whale was going to be a new version of the Taruk Makto thing where it's like, Oh, this is like a mm. legendary whale. He, the kid's yeah. going to be the one to tame it. And then, you know, he'll be the whale equivalent of Taruk Makto. Okay. Uh, didn't go that route. So this was the one thing that I, I guessed incorrectly, but then when they go with the story of, you know, Payakan is an outcast and theoretically killed or got his clan murdered or whatever. Why did no one bond with him to see what the events were? It's like, it, it seems like that would be the logical step rather than just assuming he's an outcast. Um, from the people lo- that are Loak had to do it. Loak had to well, be the one. Yeah. And I get that, but it's like these, these whales, the Tolkum are, are so, ingrained in your culture that you treat them as beloved family members and you don't even give this one the benefit of the doubt. It's just like, mm, I heard some bad stuff about you, bro. Get out. Yeah. You're, you're not welcome here rather than, you know, bonding like Loak did and, uh, and kind of seeing what his, what his story was. So I don't know, a little fishy. Well, I, I will say to that they they do spend a little bit of time at talking about the uh, the Tolkien's history and how they used to be individuals and they used to fight all the time. So um, my my assumption would be is that they're like you were saying, Greg. If that if that was the case, and because what they what they mention really quick is that um, when they kill another Tolkien to send a message to the Sullies is they mentioned like, let's drown it or let's, you know, let's sink it. And that is because they don't want them to know it's them that are hunting him and that it just kind of either was killed by one of their own. Um, and the only reason I could think of is like, hey, maybe if this Tolkien has gone rogue, um, you know, I guess he didn't, uh, this Tolkien, him or she or, or they didn't speak up enough to be like, hey, seriously no like just but the problem is is i guess you have to go into their their mouth and i guess if they're a dangerous animal like maybe you don't want to do that um i guess similar (laughs) to the to the banshee in a way where it's like hey you know you don't go up and like shake its hand and say hey let me connect with you you have to like defeat it um so that would be my only case other friends inside their mouths okay yeah Yeah. listen yeah no listen (laughs) anytime guys um but uh, but no, I, I I hear what you're saying with that. But that would be, you know, I wasn't again too too bothered by that, um, you know, because there is an element, you know, with this entire story where it's like, you know, a little bit of destiny that you know, uh, Loak, you know, the the difficult brother has to, you know, bond with you know uh, Pyakon, the you know outcast of you know um, two outcasts just hanging out together and bonding. I thought the Tolkien was going to be Quaritch's son, to be honest. 
Yeah, who isn't his son? You know what I mean? <laughs> this guy this guy got around. It's yeah. Humans, whales, whatever. So So on on one thing that I that I didn't uh that I didn't really understand too much is you know, th- this movie's actually broken up into three acts, which is really nice. It's you know, bef- when they're in the forest, you know, when they get the training montage at sea, um, you know, and then leading up to the big final fight is Jake talked about like I understand he wanted to escape. But my thought process is, is so like Jake obviously ruined uh, the lives of many um, of the Medicaina by going to them. Now, now I mentioned also when Kiri has that kind of seizure and they end up catching him because he slips up and they call the helicopter, which apparently the healer there, um, which Renal doesn't even get a chance to like try. They just kind of call these, you know, but I guess it's because of the way she was. Modern science. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I took that as just uh, Jake being a patriarch and saying, Hey, I know modern science can help. So let me do that instead. Yeah. Whatever. Um, Wrong on you, Jake. Another bad choice by him as somebody who's (laughs) chosen to protect. Um, But this is my thing. So you have, you have the, the Navi uh, in the forest. And they they have learned how to battle the humans. They've learned how to raid. They've learned their weapons. They've learned presumably um, so much from them. And I understand they mention it when Spider's kidnapped. He's going to reveal their location of their base. But if there's a bunch of rocks up there, you could just go to another rock. Um, it seems like you just move camp. Maybe it's difficult. Whatever. But the fact that he chooses to leave them, go to the water people. And it's like he kind of ruins their lives in a way, um, and uh, and it's just like, what was the choice of that? Like, to why couldn't he just rally the tribes again? As um, what what are the you guys mentioned the name earlier? Taruk Makto. Yeah, Taruk Makto, and just like bring them and like learn from them and have them be like, you know what? We don't want to be a part of your war. And he's like, let me show you how we're not so different. Do you know what I mean? Let's come together and like let my family, you know, live and we'll live amongst you, you know, while we prepare for the great war. And it's just like you totally leave a group of people who, and I maybe it's like, hey, they know how to fight, they'll be okay, they'll they'll have their struggles. But it's just like, I don't know. It just seemed problematic to me to be like, hey, the one defense that we have is this strong group. Let's leave that, go into hiding. But actually I'm gonna screw up and they're gonna find us anyway because it's not a I mean who knows how big Pandora is um, in size, you know, relativity. But I don't know. What did you guys think about that? Am I am I off base here? Is um, so well. So like a couple thoughts. Number one, uh, I I do think you know while while Jake did move away from the Omatakaya, the Forest Navi. Um, yeah, thank I you. I think everything the thing that supersedes everything else is him trying to protect his family. So it was less about protecting the Omatakaya and more so about his family. And so him just moving to a different tribe, the Medicaina, the sea Navi, I don't think he gave a ton of thought to the impact it could have on them because he's just looking out for his family, not so much the other tribes. Right. Exactly. Um, Fair enough. That's the first thought. Second thought is I think, the Medicaina were overwhelmingly forgiving over their tribes being persecuted and tortured and 
buildings burnt down uh all because sully is hiding amongst them yeah. and they're just like that's eh, just bad dudes being bad and it's like well yeah but he kind of brought this to you guys uh yeah. but they didn't even kind of entertain that so that was kind of interesting um especially given how hesitant they were at first to uh to kind of welcome them in um I don't, I don't know, but but yeah, that, I guess that's my thoughts on on that piece. Uh, hands, Jake's definitely reactive. Um, he doesn't think things through. Where he he uh, definitely, and I feel bad for the forest people now because like we saw what Quaritch did to to Medicaina. He was burnt, like you said, burn your village and threatened to kill. Like, how do we know the forest people are still alive? Like Quaritch could have just wiped them all out, and it, the dude has no mercy. Um, and it it just uh, you're now he's a sea navi like he's 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 part of the medicaina and the humans are going to keep now they know where they live and they're going to keep coming back and these were all peaceful people like they were they were minding their own business i don't even think they showed up in the last um in the last bat in the battle in the last movie I think they just mind like they were just minding their own business, and Sully comes and just ruins it. Like, yeah, he didn't ruin just his life. Like, uh, he ruined the Medicaina's now. Like, he, that or he should have just ran farther. Like, he just kept going. But yeah, he like, got to the next destination. Was like, this seems good, right? This seems far enough. We're, we're good here. Like, but I'm sure. Which, by told- the way, was not that far away. It no. was like I think they said it was like a few clicks. I thought they were going like a. Yeah, you know, a continent away. No, it was just that's what I thought too. It miles. seemed like it. I mean, when you're flying on a banshee, it seemed like they were traveling for like a week, and it took what the helicopter? Oh, like like twenty minutes to get there. So, yeah, I I don't I I Jake, his intentions are there, but he just needs to think that his plans through because he really screwed a lot of people. Um, I I he was going to go back to the forest. It's going to be all up in flames. So I, I destroyed it. All the well, they already uh, they they busted up the uh, the home of the Omatakai and the uh, the first one, right? That giant tree. They just the, toppled yeah, that. What was that called? Uh, uh, was that the Tree of Life? I think they called it. No, not the not the one with the Tree Ava, of Life. I don't the think one so. that they were living in. You know? Yeah, I forget the name. It had, home Tree. I think it was the name of it. Yeah, they, yeah. they called it. Um, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, that's true. Now they're just living in like little trees. <laughs> But not they don't the big tree anymore. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, it, it's it's gonna be interesting where like Avatar three goes, and, and you know, I had a couple of notes on that, like towards the our end of the discussion. But uh, Jake's Jake seems like he's staying staying on the water because he says it at the end. He's like, "Nah, I'm this is my home. I'm protecting it now." I'm like Spoiler you shouldn't alert. have to. You shouldn't have to protect it. You should just leave and leave, let these people alone. But I don't know. Leave Cliff Curtis and the, and uh. And Kate wins it alone. <laughs> uh, Harry, any other thoughts about this section of the movie? Um, so I, I felt the real the movie really came alive when they got out to sea. Um, I, you know, I didn't have any of the issues that Hanratty had with uh, Paya Khan and uh, the Tolkoon. I thought that stuff was probably some of the best stuff in the movie. Um, in regards to how it looked. Um, and also just like getting more of the world of Pandora uh, exposed to us was, was exciting. You know, it seems like this is a, a pretty big place. Um, so it was nice to, to see that. 
Um, it really made me think of Black Panther two, however, with the with the shots of uh, Tal uh, Khan and like how I thought those shots were pretty cool. And then we see what they've been doing for thirteen years in Pandora, and uh, I said, "Wow, this is uh, a step above. Look how uh, crystal clear these these waters sure. are." Um, so that was that was a little bit of a punch to the gut. And listen, I think there's a happy medium here. We could do, you know, maybe don't give, you know, the CGI folks six months. You know, maybe don't, you know, take thirteen years to get your movie out. There's there's probably some healthy middle ground we can find here. Um, you know, I'm okay waiting another three months for whatever Marvel movie, if it means it's, it's going to look, you know, 10 to 15% even better. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I felt, I did feel the middle part was pretty kind of predictable, um, in typical avatar fashion, especially with the first one where, you know, Hey, you know, Loak's gonna, you know, keep, you know, bending as far as he can and even step over the line. Um, you know, as I mentioned, Tiri kind of gets sidelined, you know, Jake's, Jake's got to prove himself. Um, you know, Kiri's going to bond more with, you know, Awa and, you know, she seemed to pick like, there's, there's the whole thing they don't talk about. Like, and this is another part of my problem. It's like Kiri's just able to just be underwater easily, like compared to her other family members. Like there's no, no touch base on that. There's yeah, no everybody's struggling except for her. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, it's not mentioned, you know what I mean? And so it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, I would have liked some more of that. Um, you know, just, I don't know. Maybe I'm asking too much, but like it really, really the middle part of this movie and the end really make it seem to me like the first hour, I didn't need you to treat like this movie's been gone for 13 years, you know? Um, maybe give me five minutes as opposed to 45 minutes. You know what I mean? Like I said, with Quaritch, like we were basically running it back again of how Jake ended up doing his stuff. And it's like, I, you know, I'm a fan, I guess you, you already have me. Like I don't need, you know, 45 minutes to an hour on this, um, in regards to it. So, um, but yeah, that was, that was kind of a lot of the stuff. Um, you know, sorry again, hands, we disagree about the middle part. Um, but yeah, I felt like that was some of the strongest stuff. Hands, what do you Sorry. think? No, I, I, I mean, I, I, it's okay. I, I, as Don't I said, I spoke my piece. I think that the, the middle part is fine. And, you know, this is it. This movie doesn't fall too, like, doesn't stray too far away from a, a typical, uh, I'm not going to say Marvel or like a, a, a summer blockbuster, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, where, you know, big opening, and then a lot of these movies have a chunk in the middle where not much is really going on, and it's really just plot build and or character build. Um, I think there's a lot of things that go on in this time period when they get to um, the Metakaina and to the point where you know Quark shows up in his in his, in his big boat. Um, like I think, like we'll say, like Kiri seizures, and there's. Uh, the the um the Sully brothers trying to like getting in fights every five minutes and and the 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 one brother messing up every five seconds because it's that's all Loak. he does. Loak, um, thank you, Steve and Steve and uh, it just I, it, it there was a lot that they wanted us to focus on characters which I, I have no problem with 
But I just I thought that whale storyline was like you take that out like chop the, chop like fifteen twenty minutes of that thing out. There I I will say in your defense there is a part where like if I'm you know as I mentioned me and Greg saw a ten forty five show you're probably getting to about midnight when we start kicking into the montage of like the sea life and Loak and and Piacon. It's like I could see somebody being like why wasn't this in the first half like I'm kind of. You know, there's not really much going on other than more storytelling. And depending on your speed of what you're looking for from this movie, um, you know, because I'm sure that, you know, the, the, as always love to see the sports commercials will have, you know, a 30 second shot and probably 15 to 20 seconds of it will be that final battle. Um, and it's like, that's probably going to be the selling point for a lot of people. And it's like, you know, they, they have to kind of get there and to do it in the middle of your movie is a choice. Um, and I think could have easily been done in the beginning half um, and maybe gotten to us to to get to know the Sully family even deeper because um, I know it does circle back later. Um, but but yeah, but yeah, yeah. No, you, you bring up a good point with that. I, I just think uh, I just I don't know. I, I, I didn't need as much Pycon and Loak as much as, as much as they gave us. Like, yes, it's nice that Pycon saved Loak. And yeah. you can you, can you, spend, you don't have you don't have any pets. It's fine. We, you can we get spend it. ten. I dude, I you're used an to. animal hater. No, it's, but it's I fine. can spend don't worry like. About it. I, oh man, <laughs> I but like spend like ten fifteen minutes. But it just they kept going back to it. And like I said, they got that underwater like exposition shots of him floating around and and the little <gasps> like I, I I it was it was it was gorgeous. It was perfectly shot. But there's so I much. I felt like in I it. popped in a BBC Planet Earth DVD. I was, was half Blu-ray. this movie was, is a, half in. this movie half this movie is Planet Earth. It really every time they're underwater, they spend. Pro, and I'm and, and again visually, I'm not complaining about this at all. This isn't a complaint, but there's so much time underwater where nothing's happening, and they're just they like, and they're just kind of showing off. Like cameras, like yeah, look what I did. Like you thought Avatar one looked good, well. Like I, I, he's just tooting his own horn at this point. Um, but uh, yeah, we were, the low we were definitely missing some David Attenborough uh, voiceover during. Uh, yeah, the, <laughs> during, they should have added scenes. that in. They should have added yeah. that in. And but like I, I you know, the middle part. I, I, once it started picking up to where you realize that um, Quaritch is getting um, closer and closer. Then Once they get to deadliest catch, and they they start uh, they start showing you how how that works. Yeah, that was actually pretty cool. <laughs> I felt bad for the whale, but that that whole thing was really cool. That whole sequence nah, where they, well, they got the first one. Yeah, you, uh, you're I an animal say, hater, right? We got it. You're yeah. not signing uh, up for Greenpeace. About, we get it. Yeah. Can we Sorry, Peter. Peter, if you're listening, that, unsubscribe. That scientist with morals or whatever is working on the whale hunting boat, and he's like, well. I'm a marine biologist, so I came out here to study this stuff, and it's like, yeah, but you're actively helping to kill them, so. I thought, I was a little conflicted with him, because I thought, I didn't know if I was, like, supposed to be rooting for him, or if he was just, like, kind of, like, like full of himself scientists. Like, he wasn't trying to help, and, like, the the life on Pandora, like, he, he's doing it for the money. Like, I, I just seem like he, like, at one point you're like, maybe he's going to, like, be the, the the scientist that has a heart and changes his mind and, like, stops them from killing all these whales. And then you're like, yeah. nah. He Then he just drains the, the goo out. He's like, nah, this is $80 million right here. For for so. the listeners, we're talking about Dr. Garvin, right, played by Jermaine Clement? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay, yes. yeah, yeah. He seemed I, like I, – I thought I thought he was going to have a heart, and then it's just like, yeah. 
Like this no. guy's just as big of a scumbag as as the rest of them. I mean, they did like he he definitely voiced concerns about what they were doing, but like there wasn't enough action taken by him to show me that like he he was altruistic, like he was in this for the right reasons. So I money. just yeah, I chalk him up with the bad guys. <laughs> yeah, the, the, it was kind of a play too back from the for the first one with um, I mean even say even with Jake where it's like hey. You know, what side is Jake playing on? Is he good or bad? And he, you know, but the, we don't get really any backstory other than him, like, doing what he's supposed to do. And he may, he has a line where he's like, and that's why I drink. And it's like, okay, dude, like, you know, maybe you could be. Use my you know, conflicted emotional up. moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe you can throw a hand up and be like, guys, is this the way we're supposed to be going about this? Or, you know, maybe you're sabotaging a little bit more, you know, or whatever it might be. Um Right. But I guess at the end of the day, we all have to do a job, so. Sure. Uh, anything else about the second act, Hans? No. And it's cut okay. a little bit, cut a little bit of that meat out. Um, so a couple things you I want to talk about. You mean brain goop out? Is that what you're referring to? Cut a little bit of that brain goop out. <laughs> just, just enough. Um, so, and these, these thoughts are kind of going to kind of be a little bit all over the place. But um, in this, you know, we get into the battle in the third act. And one of the things that uh, was kind of weird to me is all of a sudden the Navi have these magic armor piercing arrows, uh, which, you know, I don't in the first one, I'm pretty sure they just show them like gleaning off the surface of the the rockets and the airships and stuff. And in, and in this one, those arrows like go through and, and kill the pilots. And it's like, all right, did we start using cheaper materials for the class on the ships or like, are the Navi magically stronger all of a sudden? Like what? I don't know. It was, it was like a weird jump and it's like, shouldn't arrows not be that strong? Um, there are a couple, I, 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 and I just saw the first one in September when we were, that's the last time I watched it. I think there are a couple scenes where like, where Natiri might've shot through, glass but i'm not i i can't confirm i'm not sure it's like later on when they do that final fight is when they start hitting their shots or you know have better now, materials I mean, great great i do remember because there is there is a scene in the first one where i think no they're shooting their arrows and quarch there he's in like the one one of the transports and he like even says yeah they're skimming off the like, top yeah 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 you just see the little streak on the window yeah, maybe it's just like I guess whatever model they're using because it's the regular helicarriers or like the the single pilot ones. Maybe they're just the cheaper, the cheaper, uh, the like plexiglass. It's um, been it's been thirteen years. I think you know they can or ten years. They can maybe they're made out of unobtainium. <laughs> they're unobtainium. Yes. Yeah, there you go. They started making the unobtainium arrowheads. Yeah. Um. So you know, again, we we get to that final fight and uh, the Metakaina, Um. It seems like. Well, okay. So there, there's a couple things. The first thing is the thing that really kicks off the fight is when uh, Free Willy, I mean, uh, <laughs> um, what is it? Pagayan? Loak. Pagayan. Palak. Pagayan. Pagayan. There we go. Yes. Shut up. I was being serious. I wasn't trying to, to goof. Um, uh, yeah. When, when he has his moment, that creates the distraction and everybody charges. I feel like they um, 
I feel like they went a a beat too too long in waiting for that. Um, they like instead of taking that moment and just charging as soon as that happens, they wait like three beats and then they do the charge. And I was like, that's kind of weird. Um, but then on top of that, so we see the Medicaina get in the fight and you know, they're, they're doing whatever, but then there comes a point where they just like dip out of the fight. Like you don't see them in anything. It's just like Quaritch and his goons and the Sully family and spider. And that's it. Like where did the rest of these people go? Uh, it, it was just, it was strange. I don't, I don't know. I don't understand how they're supposed to have this massive war. And then we just don't see them at all in this giant scene. Um, <laughs> we, we, uh, have another instance of kind of lazy slash weird writing where initially the, um, you know, the, the kids, uh, are tied up via those little wrist slapper bands. Yeah, uh, man, those are like which, the things you get in like the 25 cent vending machines. Where, oh, like, yeah. remember them? Where they like stiffen and you slap them on your, like, your wrist? That's what they, that's, oh, yeah, they, that's were, what they were. They were huge in the 80s. Loved them. Yeah. And uh, oh, now yeah. they're handcuffs. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that not only does it happen once, but they go through this whole elaborate escape plan. The kids escape and then legit within five minutes, they're cuffed right back up. Uh, I thought that was super weak. It's like either don't free them at all. Or find a different way to recapture and incapacitate them. But, like, to literally just say, nah, yoink, slap, boom, and then they're handcuffed again. It's like, all right, well, so what was the point of that? Did we just waste, like, the last five, ten minutes doing this escape? It was literally all for nothing. Very Dude. weird. I, I go Dude ahead. got that little line. She even, like, uh, like they, I guess the yeah. movie was, like, self-aware what they were doing. Where they're like, oh, I can't believe I'm tied up again. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I get that you think that's funny, but it's actually mildly infuriating. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I don't know. I I did not like that choice. Um, What else did we have? The uh, Spider and Quaritch relationship. So, obviously, you know, we find out uh, earlier on in the movie that Spider is Quaritch's the actual Quaritch, not the clone Navi Quaritch, um, is his son. And throughout the whole movie, it, it's just, it's really weird vibes with Spider because like, he sucks. <laughs> yeah. And I guess I could kind of see your point. Okay. So like when I said, I liked him earlier, I like him in his scenes that he's interacting with the Navi, but throughout the whole second act when he's acting as kind of like a guide for, for Quarch and, and Quarch's goons, he doesn't really like, he's just kind of like, Oh, look at these guys trying to learn the way, you know, that he's not really like actively despising them or what they're doing. Um, which made me kind of question his motives. And despite the fact that Quarch has made it abundantly clear, Hey, I'm not your pops. That was a different dude. He's dead. Um, then you get into this third act and it's like, okay, Spider's taking his moment to shine. He's waiting for the right moment. He's going to sabotage. He's going to save the day. And he kind of does. But then at the last minute, he saves Quarch. And it's, I just, I don't get it. Like that, 
that maybe to me was the most illogical thing because the relationship that they have is threadbare. Like it's the, with him and the Navi Quaritch. And even, you know, he, he doesn't even have that, a real relationship with his, the real Quaritch because he was two when, when that kid yeah. or when his dad died. So it just, it, it it didn't make sense to me why he would save somebody that is actively trying to kill his quote unquote real family and friends. Um, there's, there's not even like, I, I can't even buy into some twisted mental thing where it's like, well, he's a clone of my dad and maybe deep down he cared. Like it's, I get that that's probably what they want us to buy, but I'm not buying it. It just, it doesn't make sense to me. And he's too big of a threat where it's like there it's not like hey I know if I save this guy and he causes any trouble Jake will beat him. He's too big of a threat to be left alive. It's it it do, it doesn't make sense to me why he would make that call. Um and I don't feel like they showed enough in the movie. Like if they built up to him kind of having that allegiance to Quaritch, I would get it. But they didn't really show that. They didn't show him actively Again, actively speaking out against Quaritch often, but they also didn't say, hey, we're working on building bonds here, you know, to the point where that decision later on would make sense. So I really struggled with that scene. It just uh, it, it did not make sense to me. And I wonder then also if he is going to I mean, I, I have to imagine he'll have to come clean at some point in the third one because they're going to see that Quaritch is alive and be like, what's up, bro? <laughs> How did this happen? Um, along those lines also with that scene, like I don't, they didn't specify exactly how long Quaritch was underwater. Um, but you know, he doesn't have the, uh, breath training that I guess the, uh, the Sully family went through with the Medicaina. So it's not like he could hold his breath. I mean, he was unconscious and he was underwater how is he not brain dead? You know, yeah. <laughs> like he, I get maybe you could maybe resuscitate him with CPR, but it's like, there's not whatever, you know, uh, oxygen or, or whatever they inhale from the atmosphere. There's not that going into his brain. So why is he still functional? I don't know. Um, so on that note, did I also, yeah. I meant to mention earlier. Do you guys know mm -hmm. that Spider is in, uh, I think, two blockbusters in a row? Um, he is in Endgame. Um, oh, he, yeah, was he plays like kid the on... boy on bike, boy on yeah. bike that uh, that uh, yeah, a classic sees. role. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he should have gotten an award for that, if we're being honest. Um, but I, I don't have I, I I'm all right. So. When you had said um, you're not buying the whole they what you what what they want you to think about, I I was buying it because I look at it as Spider's a 12, 13 year old kid who doesn't know his father, and this is the closest thing that he has, or at least knows of who of his father. Not Jake. What? <laughs> no. Well, I mean. First of all, you I've seen this in movies and shows before where it's just like if you're like an adopted a child and you know that there's some sense of of your real parents out there that like you're probably going to want to at least try and find them. So I think Spider was probably conflicted, even though he's been reminded multiple times, you're not my kid. 
like like real Quarch is is completely dead. I think that Spider just maybe sees it as there's something, even though that he has my father's thoughts, like maybe there's something there with him. Now I don't think if in three if Quarch comes back, which I'm assuming he will, he's never gonna. It's like he's not gonna magically become real Quarch again and some Awa thing that that makes him Quarch Navi and has all his memories and 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 actual. I don't know. But I just think that Spider is a conflicted child. He needs to child. get the green news and become super, uh, super large. Yeah. yeah, and get that age goop. Yeah. There's got to be something on there that transform you on Pandora. There's everything else. I just think that – I think Spider was just conflicted. And, and to say this is the closest thing I have to my real father, I I, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe Spider takes a dark turn in, in three if they both return and, and, and Spider does come clean and – Natiri was about to kill him, so she'll probably kick him out and be like, "Yeah, no, go, go to, go to your fake daddy." Um, well, so and I so that's a great point too, because if they used that as like the turning point, where it's like, "Hey, I thought she was my mom, and she was legit about to kill me," but like he no sold that. He he didn't react like that was some betrayal on Natiri's part, or like she showed. Her true colors. He seemed to be, you know, not not in so many words because the, he didn't express it verbally, but like just in the reactions, he seemed understanding or not resentful that she took that measure. So it's like they didn't go that angle. It just it doesn't add up, you know. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I it just I, I think I think there I think three is going to develop a, a a much different relationship between. Spider and Quarch, whether or not they build on that not father son relationship, and 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 Spider sees it as that to say, all right, he's alive somewhere on Pandora. I'm gonna I'm gonna track him down, and and I don't know. Uh, it it is interesting to see how they're gonna tackle that. Um, also, yeah, he I thought the same thing. I'm like, he's like twitching underwater. He should be brain dead, but he's. I, I did he fly away on on the banshee? I forget. Did yeah, he did. <clears throat> yeah, he like flew away to probably the forest people, and I don't know. We'll so, see. two questions. Uh, question one: Do we get a spider spinoff called Spider Man? Yeah. Mm, uh, question two: Harry, you uh, you seem to be against Spider here. So, when he let us in on your thoughts, <laughs> wait, how much would like with Spider Verse coming out if they if they include him in it? <laughs> I will, like somewhere in it where just this is, this is the spider of. Does someone running like some kid running around in a loincloth? That would be uh, that would be clutch. Let's get it, Harry. Added. Harry, all, uh, you, you, the floor is yours for your hatred of Spider, and I need to know why. Well, all right. So first, I mean, obviously, he's the only one who gets captured um, when they're all out and about. So strike one against uh, Spider there for not uh, doing enough to uh, save himself, and he had to be left behind. Second. Um, I understand Spider's reasoning. He makes a calculated decision and he says, you know what? I'm going to do whatever I can to get back to my people um, because I feel as though I'm Navi. Um, and, you know, if I got to pal around with, you know, this, you know, avatar who, you know, has likes of my dad, but isn't my dad, let's do it. Um, the problem is, is that he does, like, he runs away with Loak and, um, 
the other brother, uh, Nateum, as soon as as soon as he sees them, he says, "Good, this is my out. I'm out of here." And he obviously sees what Quaritch is capable of when. And I, I get the Natiri stuff where it's like, okay, like she doesn't really like me, um, and she'll always consider me an outsider. But to make the decision to save Quaritch, no matter who he is, and I guess like you could make the case like. Quaritch's brain or whatever they've saved on file can just be re-uploaded into another avatar, but I guess he wouldn't remember him, you know, um, unless he ran into him again. Um, and I hear it. I hear what Hans is saying, where it's like, well, maybe they're setting it up for the third movie when he gets banished because he's going to have to tell him. Um, but it's like, then we're just going to have to hate him because he's probably going to end up being a bad guy at that point because, like, that's where it's just like, the whole thing, like, just, he sucks. Um... Like, it's just the the writing of his character and, like, what the decisions were made for with him just doesn't add up to me. Like you were saying, Greg, it's like, all right, so you have the – you see the opportunity. He's there. Just leave him. You know what I mean? Like, because as soon as he saves him, he goes back to his people. And, like, the conflict there isn't – wasn't built enough for me. Again, it's another storyline where it's like instead of us watching Quaritch, like, become Jake 2.0, like, let's just watch him and Spider Bond more or fill him in on stuff. And I get, you know, there's, they hinted the elements early on too, where it's like, you know, Oh, this is where our dad's fought. Like, you know, what happened? And he watches the footage back and he sees it from one perspective, but there's no questions at any point for Quaritch as to like, why, you know, you were at war with Jake or what did Jake do? Um, and listen, maybe, maybe spider struggling with identity, you know, as far as like who he wants to be and who, how he's been raised. But it's like, again, that's not translated to us in regards to it. So either he has to go full Anakin Skywalker and embrace the dark side, or this like doesn't make any sense to me of him hemming and hawing on like, you know, what he's going to do. So um, that's the reasoning why I think Spider sucks. So and, and I mean, you're not you're not wrong with that stuff. It, the thing is, like, there were plenty of opportunities throughout this three, three and a half hour movie where it's like that final decision, you could have had him make choices that adds up to that. Yeah. And they don't like, there's just, there's pieces missing that don't add up to him making that choice at the end. You could, you could make the case that like he saves spider from Natiri, but like, I also don't know if Natiri would have made the decision to kill him or if she was just bluffing as far as she could go. Because it even seems like she's struggling to make that decision when she raises the knife. Yeah. You know, after yeah. watching it twice. Um, so it's just for me, it's just something where it's like, I wish, like, again, I, I understand it. Like, maybe he feels this quarch saved him um, before, you know, he's plunked into the water. But, you know, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe my reading's wrong, but I just, again, he's got to go full Anakin Skywalker. Otherwise, it doesn't. You know, his, his storyline just doesn't make any sense to me. I I think that Natiri, like, first of all, she scared the hell out of me at one point when after um after her son's killed. And I think that if... if a son for a son. I, I think that he would, like, if if she knows... Like, I think that he, they're set... Why I think they're setting him up for, like, a villain in the third one is because if she knows, like she's definitely going to like free, like once she finds out that Quaritch is still alive, she's either like spiders done. Like, I, I think she's going to try and kill him and Jake's going to 
Jake's going to understand and be the understanding, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. He did what he had to do. And Natiri's going to try and kill him, and Spider goes to Quarch. Um, I think he's going to get banished, I mean, for lack of a better word, but yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I agree. And then he'll have to find a home with the Jarheads because obviously yeah. the Navi aren't going to take him. So. Yeah. So, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I mean, I I liked it. I, I, I guess I'm going to have to see, I, you know, we'll have to wait a couple years to see Only how two. his character is handled. I know, not 13. How his character is handled in the, um, in part three. Um, even if he, if, I don't know, maybe they don't even, they, they're like, you know what, not a lot of people liked him, so we're not going to circle back to him, and so we're just going to forget this storyline, but... Oh, um, God, that would be awful. I know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I, I enjoyed it. I, I, I do see where you guys are coming from, where you're, where the story, or the plot, sometimes, like, kind of doesn't make sense. Um, so, uh, I'm not going to say you're wrong. Uh, I, I definitely see the <laughs> I'm, I definitely see the arguments against it, and I've been seeing it online. Um, but I, 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 the boy on the bike, I, you know, he's uh, I, I liked his character development through it. I just he's all right I'm in my give, book. I'm giving, I'm, I'm willing to give the storyline the benefit of the doubt until the next one's out and see how it finishes. Oh, great! Um, to see um, now, I'm not going to be like. I'm not Dude, they had fighter. 13 they had 13 years to write this story. You can't make a better story. They're going to do a better job in 2 years. What well, yeah, so Harry brings up a good a really good point, which is look, I guess and and you know, I'll get into this a little more later, but like 13 years. And then on top of that, the movie is three and a half hours. If you cannot make this stuff fit within that time frame, what are we doing here? I I only say because I think now <clears throat> Avatar is part of like a much bigger picture, and we're getting we're getting apparently I don't even know how many. You're not rights. wrong. You're not like, wrong. So I think that's why they're leaving things. They're definitely leaving things open to cover in the sequels. Um, I mean, the first Avatar they didn't they they didn't need a sequel to the first one. It could have been just perfect. It, it ended the way perfectly, and they didn't need to do it. And I think now we're not waiting 13 years. Like a three's already filmed. I think like 95% filmed. Um, but I heard Cameron has like a nine hour cut of it, um, which <laughs> doesn't really surprise me. Film it like five years ago. Um, <laughs> from what I, what I, yeah, what I heard is uh, this was yeah, actually when I, got out of Ava- at, when I got out of Avatar, I saw on Twitter was that Cameron has a nine hour cut of the, th- of three and he wants all the CGI done. Before they do the final cut, so uh, yeah, I know it's it's, um, well, it's going to be pick your own path and how how it's decided. <laughs> yeah, just, you, you <laughs> It'll go, be on Netflix, to, and you can just keep clicking which way you nah, want to go. You keep Love going it, to different theaters, it. so they just they're eventually just going to play in one theater. So when it comes to your choice, you have to walk into a different theater each time. <laughs> um, I I don't I I think it's because now that Avatar is such a it's it's going to carry into at least two more movies that they're going to leave some of these stories open ended um and not maybe making the most sense in at this time but you know we'll see what we'll see what Jimmy has up his sleeve any so. other thoughts on the third act i loved it i thought that no one does action better than than Cameron no one i i mean with the exception of like i don't know you go know, like the, the who the guy did the is Gareth Evans who did the raid and like I, it's so funny that you say that because I, 
I know how big a fan of the raid you are, and I'm like, there's no way you're saying that this was better than the raid in terms of action. I'm gonna take in terms of big and in terms of blockbuster action, no one does it better than than Cameron. The raid's not a blockbuster movie; it's not. But I'll go like Chris McQuarrie, Cameron, and if maybe like one or two others, but he's definitely like top three to five of action directors. Um, and he knows what he wants to do. Like in terms of making things look good. Like it, this guy's second to none, like incorporating like CGI into your battles. Um, look at some, well, like, if you film nine hours and then cut it down, yeah. <laughs> I guess you have everything possible. <laughs> um, like you look at, and where you, we talk about every Marvel movie that comes out, Marvel CGI, even the past two years has been awful. And ter- it hasn't been what it's been like in, in, Infinity War days. Um, the past two years have been well, give, really give them thirteen years, and I'm sure. What's I'm saying? I mean, they they pump out movies like once every like they pump out like three or four movies a year. Um, that I mean, we already know that CG teams like is 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 at their 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 wits end at this point. Um, but I, I I just I I think that you know Cameron does not he doesn't he knows what he wants to do and shoots it really well. And when you're shooting with like this kind of CGI, like it's, I, you know, I, I thought how it wrapped up. Um, I, I loved how they incorporated, um, or not even incorporate where they got rid of like you. I, I like that the CP the C Navi left because um, I think they were probably just like you know what at this point like this is the Sully's fight now like we we wiped out the boat. They probably thought it was all done, and. Then they're like, "All right, maybe a couple more. Sully's a wipe them out. We'll get. We'll, don't worry about it. We got it. We're gonna go home." Um, but I, I, what worries me with like the third, like with the third act is with Quaritch being alive. Is I don't want him to be the villain again. I, I want a different villain, and I don't want the same thing over and over. I don't want to. I don't want a third recycled story where it's Quaritch is the villain, and then instead of Age Goop, we have I don't know whatever whatever kind of vibranium or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like unobtainium uh, and, and brain goop mixed together or something. Um, I, I want them to do something like a little different, but you know, we'll see. I, I it's, I, I, like I said, I, I agree why spider did it, but it just worries me for avatar three and four of where the story is going to go. Cause I don't want this. I don't want the same villain for five movies. I don't, we had a whole star Wars saga on that. So yeah, um, true. Yeah, I I did uh, I did give it some thought about Quaritch, like having somebody different than Quaritch for the third one, and like that was my initial thought too. And it's like, yeah, but then how? Did, like, I don't want them to just pull a Star Wars and be like, all right, but here's the guy that's pulling Quaritch's strings, you know? And it's then it comes off a little hokey. And it's like, well, I guess maybe to to just do this initial trilogy, Quaritch should probably be the one to close it out. But it, but yeah, it's like, you know, how do you top it from where we've already been and 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 keep it fresh also? Because yeah, he's he's been. This will now be the third film that he'll be the villain in, unless yeah, I mean, they we do got- something where he has to team up. That, and that's what I was thinking, like where they're going. And now he's a Navi. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, and in looks, and you know, he's he's was training to be one. But uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't want them to just. 
I, you know, the first ended with a fight between Natiri and and Quaritch. And we got Sully and Quaritch. And I thought that was going to be the final kind of fight between them and, and that would end it. I will say that that fight did really end really abruptly with him just choking him out and and him sinking. I I, I will I, I will agree to that where, you know, but in that case, it makes sense now looking back because you're like, all right, well, Quaritch is still alive now. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I was I expecting know. to see him kind of swim up at some point and re-attack or, you know, right. find him as he was trying I to mean, stay. There's no way they're going to end Quarch is going to get, is going to be choked out underwater. Like that's not the, I don't think that's going to be the way they're going to end him. Like he's, he's going to go down like, like swinging. So I don't know. I, I, but I thought it was well, I thought it was well done. Once it got underwater and they're like trying to punch each other underwater, I'm like, your, your, your punches like are not, you're losing, you're losing force there. Like it's, it's, you're better off me punching you. So, uh, Harry, any thoughts about act three? No, I mean, I think I touched base on most of, uh, it. I mean, the handwriting kind of mentioned, you know, I mean, in regards to how the, the final set piece looked and, um, I mean, there's, there's a bunch of other, uh, nods to other movies, um, apocalypse now when Jake comes out of the water and it's kind of like, you Mm -hmm. see the reflection there. So, um, but there is some silliness, as you mentioned, where it's like, Hey, the kids escape. Now the kids are recaptured again. Um, you know, or one of the different, you know, one different kid is, is recaptured. So, um, yeah, it's definitely, I mean, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it didn't have, you know, for it didn't feel for me that Marvel third act problem um, that I always complain about. And, you know, you could make the case for this. Maybe it doesn't stick for a lot of people. But, um, I mean, it's it was it was great spectacle. I mean, I think it's part it's on par with the the middle part of the movie with as far as how it looks um, and how it makes you feel. Um, in as far as being invested and, you know, feeling as though you're part of this, you know, uh, watching this world uh, being sucked into it, uh, especially with the 3D and watching it on, you know, one of the biggest screens you can possibly watch it on an IMAX, um, which, you know, don't wait for this on, on Disney Plus, guys. Try to try to get out and go see it uh, on a premium format if you can um, for it. But now, I mean, we hit a lot on a lot of the points, um, you know, that I had uh, as far as notes. Okay. Um, so, you know, just some wrap up stuff from me. Um, you know, I will agree with, uh, with hands, uh, with the action just being really tremendous. It's, it's definitely a spectacle for sure. Um, I do think, you know, as, as we mentioned several times earlier that this movie was way too long, um, should be like 45 minutes to an hour shorter. Uh, you would probably have to make some major revisions to the movie, um, but and you just know it's different story choices. Is my opinion. I, yeah. I know you're sharing yours, but like, just tell like, I don't know, man. Let me let me get invested in these characters. I think they did a good job with the first one with that, and they just I don't I feel dropped the ball in the second one. But I'm stepping over your time, Greg. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's all good. Um, I do want to see more, but I think uh, we need to get the show on the road with a uh, tighter turnaround time. So meaning not 13 years, which, you know, check, we're we're already uh, on the fast track for the sequel here and then uh, tighten up these installments also. I mean, look, if you 
if you're making, you know, six of these bad boys, they don't all need to be three and a half hours. I mean, this isn't, it's not based on pre-existing material like Lord of the Rings, where it's like you want to try and get in as much as you can. This is all new material, so you can rework it and shape it as you wish. And it's like, just, you know, make something a little more palatable um, in, in terms of this. Like, we don't need to just throw yeah. everything in just because we can. Like, give us stuff to care about and give it within digestible time frames. Because I'll be honest, like, look, if, if this was a two-hour movie, I would absolutely try and see this two or three times in theaters. But with it being three and a half, it's just it's not feasible for me. I don't. Yeah. I would like to see it one more time. I don't know that that's going to happen. It's very tough to set out that chunk of time. And you know, I know that's not everybody has that problem. Um, but you know, that's a lot of people do, and and that is a concern. Um, there, there is, there is the concern. Like you can't pack up Arya to go see this. You know, if Arya was like right. nine, you know, maybe you take her to go see it because you watched it yourself, and you're like, hey, I don't think this is too bad. She might be scared at some points, but. Um, you know, she can grab onto my arm and I'll, I'll guide her through. Um, but yeah, it's like, if you have a, a very young child, you know, man, good luck. Yeah. Finding carving out the uh, time. Um, ultimately I am going to score this 3.5 stars out of five. Um, if we were doing decimal points, I'd probably bump that up a little more and maybe let, or I should say, uh, not decimal points, but like a quarter uh, quarters of a point, I would probably bump it up to three seven five, but uh, I'm just leaving it at three point five. And you know, here's the thing: um, this is a good movie. I'm not gonna lie. Visually, it's top tier. Uh, absolutely, absolutely, you need to see this in a premium format, preferably IMAX 3D. Uh, I, I can't speak to Dolby 3D because I haven't had any experiences there yet. But uh, but IMAX 3D, it was just it was absolutely stunning. But all that being said, to have 13 years to make your picture and a three and a half hour runtime on top of that, the flaws that I saw in this movie should not be there. Like, you had more than enough time to fine tune this. It seems like you were unfettered by, like, studio direction and, you know, things of that nature. Um, I just, I don't get why the flaws that are in here are to the extent that they are. And it took away from my enjoyment because I'm too busy looking at this and be like, well, that doesn't make any sense instead of enjoying the movie, you know? Um, but Hey, look, <laughs> if you're looking for something pretty, <laughs> go no further. Cause this is, uh, this is top of the line. Uh, so yeah, three, 3.5 stars for me. Um, Hans, how about you? What, what, what are your final thoughts and your score? All right. So I'm just going to – I'll throw my score out there right away. And this is based on – I you know, I you had seen it once. I, I'd seen it once on opening day. Um, I'm a huge uh, – Avatar, like I said when we started, Avatar is one of my favorite movies of, of all time. Um, and my initial thought I, – I mean I still haven't um, – I've been able to like stop thinking about this movie. Um, I like, I think about a lot of it. I'm bumping the weekend song that they played in the credits, which we didn't, we didn't discuss at all. What a which banger. Is, uh, what a banger. Just drop it. I, <laughs> I've listened to it so much. Uh, thank God for Apple play. I mean, I could have bought it for like a dollar and 30 cents, but, uh, I didn't. 
Um, that's like the cost of a can of like Goya beans, but, um, <laughs> so you like it, just not enough yeah. to support it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you like that? Um, but I, um, I, I'm just going to, I five out of five for me. Um, uh, and I, you All know, the way. I, the only thing is like, I waited for 13 years and I, the way I scored this was I waited 13 years and I just wanted, I wanted a movie that was going to be, that was going to entertain me. That was going to live up to the hype of of a sequel to Avatar and live up to the predecessor, and it did all that. Like I, I, I would rank Avatar five out of five. Like it's, it's in my mind. I'm going back and forth of which one I I like better. Um, it's I think it's always going to be the first one. I'm going to ultimately like more than this, but I was entertained through it except the whale part. I mean, if I had if I was doing quarter if we we're doing quarter points, I'll do four seven five because they drew out that whale part, um, but. I, I I love I loved it. I I love everything about Pandora. I love that we're back in into this world after waiting so long, and that we're going to get more soon, soon, relatively soon. Um, you know, in James Cameron world, soon. Um, I, and the runtime didn't. I I was scared going into it with a runtime that long because in longer movies I tend to kind of zone out and not. And my interest is kind of lost after about like an hour and a half, two hours, because I know I'm like, like I'll look at my watch and be like, or my clock, and be like, oh my god, like we still got like an hour and a half left of this. <laughs> I don't think I did that during this, where I was looking to see what time it was, and I was just kind of like immersed in this world, and you know, I, 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 just, I want more. I'm willing to kind of let some of those plot points that that seem to annoy me a little bit let them go because now we're like, we're like, we're, I'm not going to say we're in the end game, but we're like on that full throttle with avatar now where we're going to get more soon. And you know, all this stuff will eventually like all these plot points may make sense. If I, if it turned out that like avatar two was, was made and they didn't even announce three or four or 10, whatever they're doing yet, then I'd probably be a little skeptical and be like, all right, well I'm not, we're not probably going to get these answers for another 12, 13 years, but now at least we're part of a bigger world. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to let those slide a little bit. Mm. So I, but I go five out of five. Like I want to see this again, Greg, like you, I don't have that time to like, to go and see it multiple times. I wish I did, but if this is going to be out in IMAX, probably for another month and a half until Ant-Man comes out, then I, I at least one more time, I want to check it out. I mean, you do make some good points. I'm, I'm very curious what Natiri would think of your rating. Yeah. What? Yeah, I don't know. Do you have a soundboard anyway. coming, like a sound clip coming? I was supposed to. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, didn't work. Oh, anyway, no. uh, <laughs> you're like a baby. Don't know what to do. Oh yeah, <laughs> love it. Magic, uh, yes. We'll figure that out some other time. Uh, no, uh, yeah, I think uh, I don't know. I think it's a, a new Hans's favorite thing. This and, is this hey, is that I I out of I, I in terms of movies, I like this more than the Batman. So this really I was gonna I was gonna yeah. end with this. So this would make your your top five of the year and probably be yeah. your number one if we made this list like as of like like in two weeks. This would today. be my favorite. Yeah. Today. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's start it. 
new top ten. Greg, list. would this make would this make honorable mentions or your your list? Uh, would you rate it better than Morbius? Definitely better than Morbius, and I haven't even seen Morbius. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think it would definitely be just outside of honorable mentions. M- might sneak in there. I would have to take a look at my list again, but it's definitely not top five for me. All right. Uh, well, what are your final thoughts, Hair, and your score, and would it make it to top five for you? Yeah, um, I mean, shout out to uh, our last pod in our uh, Fave Five of the Year. So if you haven't listened to that, go give it a listen. Um, you know, maybe if you're finding it over the holidays or in the new year. Um, you know, I, I thought a lot about this movie as if we've been talking and, you know, kind of end of the year list. And I've been thinking a lot about Top Gun Maverick. And, you know, um, that movie had a lot longer of uh, a turnaround time um, in regards to finding the right script. And I, my problem with this one and, you know, I, I don't want to say it's a problem for every movie, but part of my enjoyment with the first one was that it felt, you know, that it didn't need a sequel. And even when they were making more, I was like, well, the, the first one works, you know, as I mentioned, I think it gets a lot of negative buzz for the story and how it's just like Pocahontas. But like, I, I think it works, you know, with the movie and with this one, as Chris mentioned, like, Hey, we're going to get more of this world. But like, I don't feel like you could watch this and you would, you would literally be like, Oh, you watched avatar two. Well, did you see three as well? Wait till you get to three. That's when it really like kind of picks up. Um, and you know, kind of makes sense in regards to, Oh, Oh, you don't know like what, what Curie's deal is. Wait, wait until you see three. And, Oh, Nateum, like, oh, yeah, his whole thing, or, or Spider, I should say, like, Spider's whole thing builds up in four if, if they decide to make it. And, you know, that's where that's where I think I really struggle with this movie, you know, upon reflection and watching it a second time where, you know, I was so excited, you know, for the movie. And, you know, this and probably Top Gun Maverick 2 or Top Gun 2 were probably two of, like, the biggest spectacles that I, you know, no matter what, I was going to come out and be like, hey – this was a real fun time at the movies or seeing it in IMAX or getting together with all my friends and checking it out. And the fact that I came out of this, you know, after seeing it a second time and being like, yeah, the story just doesn't really work for me. I really wish it. And maybe that's just me thinking, Hey, you know, maybe I should have expected different. Um, but um, yeah, my, you know, it kind of let me down in that way. And, and I, I gave it four out of five. I, you know, again, if it was Greg mentioned, if we're leaning decimal points, I'd probably lean three, seven, five, as opposed to a 4.25. Um, and maybe on future watches, I can't see this growing in my estimation. And for, for, you know, the first one, I gave it four and a half. I, I really, like I said, I really enjoyed the first one. I was enthralled by it. You know, it's, it, it definitely makes you feel like, yeah, none of this is, is real that they're shooting. I mean, I know they shoot in water, um, you know, with the mocap and stuff, but the, the best thing I, I felt about this, cause I'm, I'm a little nervous about Avatar 3, if I'm being honest, and just the storytelling part of it, not visually, um, is I'm really excited for video games in the next five years because the way this is shot in, you know, uh, high frame rate and I'm, you know, the, the mocap, like I'm really excited for what we're going to be able to play on PlayStation five and six and, you know, whatever system you use for stuff. I'm really excited to see where that goes in the next five years. Cause that looks pretty promising. So, um, because at some moments it did kind of feel a little video game to me, like video game cutscene of like, you know, before you jump into the action, here's the explosion. And then, you know, now we're going through it. So, um, 
but yeah, those are those are my final thoughts. Fair enough. And uh, okay, yeah. So I guess you know we're all kind of within a general range, uh, with me being the lowest and hands being the highest. But um, but yeah, uh, okay. Well, it was good chatting about Avatar with you guys. Um, the good news is we won't have to wait 13 years for the next installment to do this. Uh, but yeah, you know, just to, to reiterate, if if you guys are going to go see this, definitely check it out in a premium I've, large format. I've been telling everyone, like, if you had, like, because, I, I, you know, I told a bunch of people I, or I, that I was going to say, it, I'm like, IMAX, like, you, you IMAX 3D, not even just IMAX, like, yeah, I, I I I don't like 3D. I hate 3D movies. Um, because I think a lot of movies just kind of just throw a 3D kind of screen on it, and, or like a 3D kind of whatever setting, and it just looks like crap. Like I I think I don't know if they did that with like Marvel movies with like Doctor Strange or whatever. I don't know, but this is like this is why IMAX exists. Like I would love to see this on like the Franklin Institute IMAX. Um, that would probably like blow me away. So, but uh. I don't know. Probably give you a I headache just, too. There's there's some quick cuts. That's probably in there. it. I've never seen a movie in there, and it probably and that's a big theater. Like that's not a, that's not a regular movie theater screen. That's, that's probably a not dome. A, yeah, it's probably not a good idea. Now that I think about it. Oh no, mind then. I was watching the regular IMAX. I saw one of the Transformers in in the dome, and I almost I almost threw up because of how jarring well, it, it gets. If we're gonna talk about so. plotty pl- plot horrible plot movies then yeah that that make me throw up too <laughs> i don't remember which one it was I, uh, it was definitely either one of the middle ones so yeah uh, i don't think i haven't seen any like full length features in the the franklin institute dome and i don't know that i would be able to tolerate that um uh, i have seen a few films at the uh the trop the tropicana imax which is Atlantic more City. like a traditional imax and it's it's very steep seating so yeah. that can be a little disorienting, but it's not nearly as bad. I think they were showing free solo at the one in Franklin Institute. Wow! I'd probably, I'd probably have a straight up heart attack watching that movie. Like I, <laughs> like, I watched it on my TV, and I was like, and like uncomfortable. Like that's the kind of movie that is made for that kind of IMAX. So coming yeah, up next, folks, our review of Free Solo. <laughs> <Yeah>. Lovely. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, well, I just want to thank all the listeners for hanging in there with us for not only this episode, but throughout season two. Uh, if you guys like what you hear, you know, as always, like, rate, share, subscribe. Sharing probably the biggest. Uh, you know, if you know anybody that would be interested in listening to a couple buds talk movies, hey, pass it along. Yeah, let them know. Uh, we appreciate you guys and looking forward to season three. We'll see you guys in a few weeks after the holidays, be back with some fresh content for you. Um, Hans, anything for the peeps? No, uh, have a good holiday. Uh, you know, use that time off that you have, catch up on whatever your, whatever your is on your movie or game backlog. Uh, see Avatar, um, but you know, get we're gearing up for twenty twenty three. Don't know what 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 you know. I think last year we did a most anticipated. So I'm sure you're going to hear some stuff from us about that, but uh, you know, we'll maybe we'll get some, maybe uh, you know, finally we'll see what's going on with the DC universe. We'd not talk about that, but um, you know, I, I would I'd maybe, maybe give me five minutes. I can, I just, sorry. I, I think I wanted to open with that and I forgot to mention to you guys, but 
you know, maybe the Flash will get delayed Glad. again and stuff like that. Yeah. Happy you didn't um, mention that. I, hard pass. Real quick. Why did they no, put a Shazam pass. trailer? Why did they put a Shazam trailer at the beginning of Avatar? I, that was such a weird thing with everything going on. I don't know. Sci-fi superhero fantasy. They're not yeah. just going to not promote it just because they things should. are changing. I don't know. They should. Whatever. We'll, we'll talk about well, that. Well, then day. that would be... I mean, they're trying to make money. You know Warner Brothers Discovery is like doing everything they can to reduce expenses. And they're not going to – they're definitely releasing this theatrically. So they're not going to like not take a hit on it. I was was more just, you know, speaking uh, like a a hater as they call Ah, uh, us on the internet. A troll. (laughs) A troll. You are are good at that. So Yeah. But no, everyone have a good holiday. Um, You know, catch up on your Christmas movies too, like Die Hard and – See you guys in the new year. Hair, anything for the peeps? Uh, thanks for listening. Appreciate all the uh, listens that we had this year. Uh, hopefully, you know, there's something that we touch base on that you enjoy, uh, that you know somebody else would enjoy. So as Greg mentioned, you know, uh, never hurts to share. Um, you know, have a good holiday. Um, you know, we'll see you. We'll see you next year. <laughs> but, you know, this time is, uh, <laughs> you know, can be can be tough for some people out there. So, you know. Um, however you can make the holidays the best for you, um, you know, go ahead and do so. So whether it's work, spending time with friends, spending time with family, being alone, um, you know, as long as, uh, you're enjoying it, you know, that's, uh, that's important. Absolutely. Love you all. Stay safe. Have fun. We'll catch you back soon. And as always, make sure you live spicy. Spicy.